I'm Donnie Piercy, host of the Partial Credit Podcast. We're part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Kindergarten Chaos, the Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we're going to talk about sight words. Those important words that actually will really help students become fluent readers. So the reason that we want to focus on high frequency words is because they come up so often when kids are reading. And a lot of the words that come up often are words with phonics patterns that our kindergartners are not familiar with. So we have they we have to teach them what they are before they can actually before they could actually decode them. They have to know what the word is. The cool thing about sight words is you get a lot of bang for your buck. For example, there are 13 words that account for 25% of all the words your kids is going to read and print. So that's really cool. If you get those 13 words really solid, 25% of what your kids read, done, already finished. So what are those 13 words? Well, I can tell you because I am looking at the fabulous book, A Fresh Look at Phonics by uh, Wiley Blevins, and he has them listed right here. (laughs) Uh, It's a cool book. It is a cool book. The 13 words are A, and for he is in it of that the two was and you. Yeah. So if you're only going to teach 13 sight words in your kindergarten year, start with those those 13. Do those ones. And didn't we make, I know I made some sight word books that were just those 13. I'm pretty sure I did. Yes, we do have. We do have some really good sight word reader books that really focus on the teaching of sight words. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I made one. We'll have to find it and link it, but I'm pretty sure I made a set of books that are just focusing on those 13 words. And if you want to teach 100 words, the words you want to teach are the 100 words from the Fry List, that would that make up 75% of what students will read. I mean, that's amazing. 75% of what a student reads is made up of a 100 words. And one reason I really like the Fry list over the Dolch list is Fry actually took the Dolch list and the 100 most common words and combined them to make his great list. But also, I really like the list of wonders. I think wonders reading curriculum has one of the best lists that I've ever taught. And I've taught several reading curriculums. I do like the wonders list a lot. I think it's it's a good list that gives kids access to text pretty quickly because they... Is it 33 words that they have in their list or 43 words? I can't remember, but I think it's a good amount. And you said you don't recommend teaching 100 words. And I think I think the important thing to say about don't not teaching too many sight words is that 
it it takes some time for the kids to get these words really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, some kids pick them up really fast, but a lot of kids don't. And so, and, and especially at the beginning of kindergarten where they're learning how to learn sight words, I don't like doing more than one a week, like maybe two a week once they've figured out how to learn a sight word. But when they're learning how to learn a sight word, I think one a week is plenty. Um, because we want to make sure these are really solid and we want to give them time to get them really solid. And another thing exactly. we another thing we want to do is we don't want to just teach that word one week and then assume they know it forever. Once they've learned a word, like that's why I like wonders because isn't one of the first words the? Mm-hmm. And the is so easy to repeat every week once they know that word. It's so easy because the first week they can read like a rebus book that's like the bird the picture the dog and then keep the in their reading and always make sure they read that from then on so you never drop it you never assume they have it solid you always come back to that and make sure you review it yeah and I think the key is differentiate if your students are ready for more words teach more words go for it but most students that are kindergarten students I would focus on those 13 words and make sure that they have those really solid before worrying about um, adding more words, because Lindsay's correct. A student really doesn't know a word unless they really can use the word and they can, I think spelling is an important Mm -hmm. part of showing that they know the word. If they can spell the word, then most likely they will be able to recognize the word in context yeah I think the problem I I just think that when we start making our list too long then we run into the problem we always run into when we go too broad and not deep enough is that you're so focused on hitting all of those words that you lose time to check and make sure that the words you're introducing are actually learned deeply Mm -hmm. and I think that's the risk you run if you have too many words but, you, but again, it's like, what is your class? What fits your class and your population? What fits your class? What fits your students? But I'm going to recommend that I think the magic number of sight words to teach is 40 for kindergarten. I feel really confident that if your list is 40 words long, that you'll be able to do a really good job of teaching sight words. So the most important thing reason that you're teaching sight words besides giving students this arsenal of words that they can use to help them become fluent readers is you really want to build confidence in reading early for your students and you want to boost their confidence through this knowledge of sight words yeah I think I think sight words are really useful tool that way because So often when I start a reading lesson at the very beginning of the year, I'm met with, well, I can't read. But as soon as they know a couple sight words, I can give them something that they can read. I can give them something that they can access and do on their own. And that's so powerful at the beginning of the year to give the kid who says, I can't read something like that and say, well, guess what? You just did. You just read that whole book. (laughs) And they get so excited when they can. Mm-hmm. I just love it when they get those little paper readers and they're mm-hmm. they're putting them in their backpacks to take home to show their parents that they can now read. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and especially if you can build what they're reading strategically so that you know that every week it's going to get a little harder, but every week you're going to review in their reading materials uh, what, what they're learning so that they always have a scaffold that you can always say, you can read this one. I know you, you have all the tools in your tool belt to read this one. Which again, I really like my sight word decodable books <laughs> I built. Because they're, they're perfect. It books. took a long time to build them because I had to build them strategically so that they did that. And I really like teaching with them. So I'm just going to, I really like them. I'm going to talk about them some more. I think you should because they really do make a difference in teaching kids to read. I just wanted to make one comment back when you said the first word in Wonders is the. And Did I, I get it wrong? If, no, it oh. is. I'm just curious if you have noticed this in your students, that students really don't have the word the in their vocabulary. I've noticed my yeah, students that's probably always true. think the is a. They think it's a, they're like a cat, a dog. Yes, and uh, I really uh, found I have to say a uh, more than the. Yeah, I found I really strategically had to teach students what the word the, you know, the even was. It's so hard to, I mean, it seems like an easy word to start with, but it's so hard because mm -hmm. it has two pronunciations. It does. <laughs> and it's an abstract word that and most students don't even know is in their vocabulary. Yeah. They've never thought They've about They've never the really word, thought though. about that word. Yeah, I wonder if other teachers have noticed that. Yeah, I don't know. But we're That's actually like, let's deal. teach you the easiest word in the English language, the. And the kids are like, that is not the easiest word. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, even high students, I notice when they take the book and they're all ready to read the cat, the bird, the one you were talking to, mm -hmm. they point at the word and say, a cat. <laughs> the. And they're like, I said the. I said, I said the. A cat. <laughs> a cat. A cat. A dog. This is how I talk. Yeah. Maybe we should start so with So I think uh, that really the. points out that teaching sight words is really uh, more strategic than we even and think it is. And more complicated. It's very complicated because Besides teaching the sight word, we have to teach the context of the sight word, the vocabulary of the sight word, the mm -hmm. usage of the sight word. Mm -hmm. uh, just so many things has to do with teaching sight word that mm -hmm. invokes the whole brain. So let's talk a little bit about how to teach sight words because I took a training two years ago and it was based on a book by David Kilpatrick that I'm reading now which is called Essentials of Assessing, Preventing, and Overcoming Reading Difficulties. And I really recommend it, even though it's big and fat and I'm only a quarter of the way through it. But anyway, something we talked about is um, we need to teach sight words the same way we would teach any other decodable word. Because kids store them in their brains the same way that they store decodable words in their brains. Um, and so we shouldn't call them outlaw, outlaw words or what are some of the other names we give them? Like popcorn words. Popcorn words or rule breaker words because kids are going to store them in their brain the same way they would store any other word. And a lot of the words do follow the rules. They're just rules the kids don't know yet. So um, one thing... Um, 
So the way that kids store words in their brain is they store the letters that are in the word, they store the sounds those letters make, and they store the meaning that that word has. So one way we talked about teaching sight words is uh, putting it on the board, maybe with big magnetic letters or writing the letters really big, and then going through it sound by sound the same way that we would any other word. So if we're teaching the, we'd write T-H, oh, that's so hard though, because it has two sounds. So we'd write T-H-E, and we'd say, this, this T-H says th. Like in many, there's lots of words where T-H makes this sound th, and the E in this word says uh, th, uh, and you would tell them the sounds. Even though they're different, you still would tell them the sounds and how this is read because that's how they're stored in their brain. So would that be for the very youngest children also, or is it better just to teach the sight words by um, spelling them? T-H-E, that spells the, like Heidi's song. T-H-E, T-H-E, I can spell the, T-H-E. So would that come after you teach the chunking of the word? I think, now this is just me, I don't know, this, I'm not re quoting anybody anymore, but I think that how I would do it is I would write it on the board and say, write, write T-H-E on the board and say, this is the word the. We're going to need to relearn this word today. Everyone say the, the. This is the word the, T-H-E. And then I would sing a Heidi song and say, T-H-E, T-H-E, I can spell the. T-H-E, and then I would say, let's look at this word, the. Mm -hmm. See these two letters, T-H, they make the sound, th. Everyone say, th, while I point to the letters, th. See this letter E? In this word, it says, uh, uh. Say, uh, while I point to it, uh, th, uh, the. Everyone say that with me, th, uh, the. So and then I would go back to the song. And then I'd go back to the song. And then I, I would make sure. T-H-E. Uh-huh. And then I would make sure that in, and then I'd make sure they read something that had uh -huh. the in it. So maybe on the board, I would have a few sentences written on a chart, like with pictures. So, or, or not pictures, because we're doing it together. So it's fine if it's not a picture. And I'd say, now we're going to read some sentences together. The cat. The house. The plant. The fish. Now everybody point to where the is, or come up and point to where the is in this word. Come up and point to where the is in this word. Um, you know, and or you could have big letter cards and have the kids come up and hold the letter cards and spell it and have the whole class read it. And then you could give, you could also give each kid a whiteboard and have them write the word on their whiteboard and make sure they have all got it right. Mm -hmm. So then they've got it in their head that way. And then I would go to the guided reading table after that mini lesson with one of those great Wonder Reader books. That I would Lindsay give them wrote. the the book, and mm -hmm. I'd have everybody read the the book. And one thing I found is I like when you're doing the the uh, I actually tell them that it's called a schwa sound. The e makes the schwa sound uh. Mm -hmm. Because I found my higher kids really like that challenge of mm -hmm. learning it. And the lower kids, you know, or the typical students, they just like don't care what I just said because it has no meaning to them. But I found the higher kids like that. 
Another thing you can do when you're talking to the kids about this is the schwa sound is to help them see that there are rules for why the word makes this sound is to show the kids another word that makes that sound. And they don't have to read it, but you could write mitten on the board and say, the E in this word also makes the schwa sound. Look, mit un, mitten. So yeah, just to help them see that um, even though they're, they're not there yet, they can't decode these words yet as they're storing them in their brain to help them see that there are ways to decode these words too. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. So I think when you're teaching sight words, we need to keep in mind that this is a whole brain process, that our brain has an area for meaning, our brain has an area for spelling, our brain has an area for sounds and so when teaching sight words you need to make sure that we're covering all of those areas of learning. Mm -hmm. And We should also remember that not all sight words are created equal. Some are a lot harder to learn. Uh, two really really hard ones are was and saw. <laughs> yeah. Those are really hard because they're opposite of each other so that's really hard for kids to distinguish. So when we're teaching words that we know are harder, we need to give them more time, which is another reason why I don't like side words getting, lists getting too huge. Because if you have was and you have saw on your list, you have to give those words more time. Those are not one week words. Those need Those are not. Those are not. After you've done all of the strategic t teaching for the word was and the word saw, one thing that I have had a lot of success of is then just to make would you saw teach them at the same time or would you make sure no, they were pretty never. far apart? Because that's what never. I was thinking is like, <laughs> put them never really the far time. apart. Yeah. I just Get one really, one really, really, really solid. <laughs> yeah. But after the, after we've taught both of those words, just to make a like a fluency strip uh, that has was, saw, saw, was, was, saw, like five or six times. Just to practice. And have the students read that list, read the strip and teach them strategy of when they see the word to get their mouth ready. So if they see the word was to see the look at the W, see it and get their mouth ready to say a wa. Mm -hmm. And Which if they is another... see an S. And so when they start seeing the was and saw in text, mm -hmm. they will actually stop for a second and get their mouth ready before reading it. Yeah. Which is another reason to not treat these words as if we're just memorizing them when mm -hmm. by how they look. Because when you're reading a word like was or saw, you need to use you need to use that phone phonetic part of your brain to say, okay, what letter do I see first, mm -hmm. and what sound does that make? Exactly. And uh, and it's very developmentally appropriate because the brain isn't going to actually have all those strategies until about the age of eight. Kids actually can see words backwards and read them, and they can write words backwards perfectly. Mm -hmm. and like a mirror because their brain is still de developing and so well and everything right. else in their world can flip around and is still the same thing yeah your chair if you flipped it out upside down and turned it into a tent it's still a chair it's still a chair but if you flip the word was it's, it's not saw. was anymore how why teacher why does it matter what order the words come in
There's two other types of sight words that are really hard. So words that look similar, like we said, are hard. Words that don't really have concrete meanings are hard, like the <laughs> and of and uh. Yeah, uh. They don't mean anything, so they're harder. No, they and words that have TH and WH are harder. So the. <laughs> so anytime, anytime words look the same, like saw or was, they don't mean anything, or they have a TH or a WH, which is so many words. Just know you have to teach these longer. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that most reading series teach the word the? Well, and I would too, rightfully so, because well, it's, it's so frequent. really common. But isn't it interesting that the first word taught most generally in has every program all the hard things is, in it? has all the hard. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It has a TH, and it looks similar to a lot of other words. And it can be pronounced more than one way. And it can be pronounced more than one way. So it's a super hard word. So maybe that's why we teach it first, so we can review it yeah. all year long. We're never going to drop that it one. It does take all year long. And that's to have okay. It it's okay if you're still reviewing the by the end of the year. It is hard. It's hard. Let's not let's not give Johnny a hard time that it took him all month to learn the. It's a hard word. So one thing I noticed when I'm coaching other teachers in like assessing on ESGI, for example, is when they're, te when they're testing sight words, they're not doing the three second identification. So when you're doing flashcards or assessing your student on sight words, if they can't tell you that sight word within three seconds, they don't know the sight word. Giving them those extra seconds to sound it out, even though we want to teach students how to sound it out, sounding out a sight word is not immediate knowledge mm -hmm. that is necessary to know a sight word. Mm -hmm. So when you're assessing students, three seconds, that's it, bam. Which is, we're talking about assessment now, because before, mm -hmm. if, if they're reading it and they're learning it, and they need to yeah. look at the sounds, great. But we're talking about assessing mm -hmm. to know if they know but this But to know one. if they really know the word. Mm -hmm. That three-second rule is really important. Mm -hmm. Because if they've connected all those parts in their brain, if they've really stored that word in their brain, they don't need to sound it out anymore. It's, it's stored. It's mm -hmm. automatic. It's there. I think one of the most important things is know your plan. Know the order that you're going to teach your sight words and be consistent. Make sure it's part of your regular literacy block. Lindsay gave a great example of teaching a sight word and kind of a step-by-step -step process. Make sure that you, you stay true to whatever process you're going to use. Most curriculum books will have their process they want you to teach, kind of take their ideas, but actually also put into it things you know work. Yeah. You can and, tweak it and make it your own style. Yeah, make it your own. And make sure that you really set that time aside. So every day I'm going to spend five minutes at my rug, my carpet time, teaching sight words. And make sure that you really do it. And um, kind of tweak your methods, what you want to do. Some of them at the carpet can be game format. One of my most successful things is... As I teach, I just have a sight word pocket chart. 
and as I teach a new sight word, then it goes on that pocket chart. Mm -hmm. And I just keep adding to it. And that whole pocket chart is just dedicated to our sight words. And then I can pull those words down and make sight word sentences on the last two parts of the sight word, of the pocket mm -hmm. chart. But I can do so many things with that pocket chart. Uh, if you just have a, I have a kid that rides a bike, just a little clip art picture, and I hide him behind the sight word, turn the cards over, hide the kid, try to find the hiding kid with reading the sight words. You know, you can just do so many games with just a simple thing like a pocket chart. I have a list of activities that you can do as part of your sight word routine at your carpet. I also have a lot of activities that you can bring into your center times and your guided reading times to help you teaching sight words. So we'll put a link to that blog post. And if you and if you need a good way to assess whether your students have their sight words solid, what's a good way you could figure that out, Mon? How could you how could you possibly know what each kid knows? Well, you could take out those boring flashcards and a pencil and a paper. <laughs> or you can use ESGI and have all of that magic data just ready for you and at your fingertips. So ESGISoftware.com, use the code KIOSK, K-I-O-S-K. And, and did you don't will... one of us make a test of all the wonders sight words? Yes. So you on... can just go pull that test because you can borrow other people's tests in ESGI, which is Yeah, on awesome. ESGI you can find so many different links. Uh, I have one on there that is wonder specific. I also have the fry list is available on there that I've got available on ESGI, but there's hundreds of tests available to you on ESGI. Or if you have your own sight word list, say you want to just have those thir 13 words, well, you can actually bring up anyone's sight word assessment that they have on ESGI and you can customize it to be your own list. Yeah, ESG is amazing. It's, uh, it makes your life so much easier. <laughs> it really does. It really does. And, and it's don't so forget nice to, to go... be able to, to show parents, well, these are the words your kid knows and these are the words your kids doesn't yeah. know because so I'm concrete. an excellent teacher and I know exactly what your child needs. Go me. And they have a new style of their parent report now that is even more impressive. You look Ooh. so good to parents. Man, they think you're amazing. <laughs> yes, also, don't forget really to go to Heidi's songs and find her sight word songs. You will, you will not want to teach without Heidi's songs. Parents love that too. They do. They love when their kids come home and are singing T H E T H E. I can spell the. T-H-E. Listen, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Parents are, it is another parent pleaser, honestly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Teach kids to spell using Heidi's songs and your parents will say, wow, she's such a good teacher. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. we all need those strokes, right? We, we do. And we're cheering for you kindergarten teachers. The reason we're podcasting is we want you all to be successful and to have happy teaching lives. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, everyone. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. 
a network of podcasts for educators by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?